Hello and welcome to another Sunday podcast episode. I'm not going to say too much in this one because my tongue is hurting like mad. I won't bore you all, I won't keep on about this, but uh, I'm going to the dentist on Monday, which is tomorrow when you listen to this, to have it sorted out. The problem seems to be that my jawbone is chipped and the little chip sticking through the gum is like a needle scraping against my tongue. Apparently with a difficult extraction, this isn't at all uncommon. And that's all I'm going to say because you you don't want to hear about <laughs> No one likes going to the dentist, do they? And hearing all about the problem. So I do apologise. But I just thought I'd better let you know why I won't be rabbiting for an hour. But what I am going to do, I'll tell you the weather. Hang on, let me just check the weather details first. It's nine o'clock Thursday, no, Friday morning. Don't know what day it is even as usual. Look at that blue sky, absolutely fantastic. The wind, ouch, that hurt. Oh, the wind is coming from the north. Blue sky, sunshine, eight degrees, which is 46 Fahrenheit, eight centigrade, 1009 millibars. Really nice day, but cold, pretty cold. I've just put the heating on actually well, a couple of hours ago, just for half an hour to warm everything up. I don't like stepping out of the shower into a freezing cold bathroom and neither does Trish. So I blasted the heating for half an hour, which has just taken the chill off the place nicely. Thanks for <laughs> all your messages of sympathy for my, my tongue and my broken jaw. Thank you very much. All the suggestions as well, rinsing with salt water and goodness knows what. So thanks very much for that. That's great. Uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, yes, this coming, um, well, next Wednesday, hopefully on the midweek message, I'll be able to talk to you properly. I'll be able to bore you for, for quite some time instead of having to keep it short. This really is hurting now. Trish loves it because I'm quiet. Seriously, though, um, come next Sunday, I'm going to be talking, amongst other things, of course, about radio stations. Now, I know I've done this before on a podcast episode, but I've been listening online, on uh, sorry, on YouTube, to some of the old Radio London and Radio Caroline, you know, the music, the jingles, the DJs, the way it was, and it is just fantastic. I know I go on about the old days, but radio back in the 60s was fantastic. It really was amazing. Whereas these days, I don't know, it, it's not just me. It's not just me being old. I've just heard on the telly, I was watching the news, and they were saying that youngsters who don't listen to the radio anymore they do this streaming, and they're not all, apparently the survey has carried out, they don't all listen to the latest sort of number one hits. They are streaming earlier stuff, and they mentioned, for example, Brian Adams, but what was it, Everything I Do, I Do For You or something. They're listening to a lot of the older stuff, obviously not back as far as the 60s, because that's too old. <laughs> Only people like me listen to that. But they were saying that they don't listen to uh, the radio these days. It's all streaming and things like that. So things have changed. What I'm going to do now, you might want to switch off. I don't know. I'm going to play you a ghost story that I recorded, I don't know when, a few years back, I think. It's on my ghost story and pirate radio YouTube channel. So you may have heard it. But I thought rather than a, a Sunday podcast episode that lasts, well, where are we? Three and a half minutes, four minutes at least you'll have some, something to listen to. Because I know that some of you, you'll go out for a Sunday morning walk. A lot of you have told me about this, a walk along the beach or through the woods 
with your little earpiece things on, headphones. What do they call these days? Earplugs, earphones, headphones, those things, your earbuds. I don't know what they are. And you listen on your walk. So I thought, well, rather than just have four or five minutes of me telling you all about my jawbone, <laughs> I thought you might uh, want to hear a ghost story. If not, switch off now. And if my mouth recovers uh, after half an hour or an hour or so, I'll add a little bit more after the ghost story. So apologies. I can't apologise enough for this because uh, I really look forward to these podcast episodes and here I am in pain. Not to worry, these things are sent to try us. Anyway, hope you enjoy the story. Hi, I'm Ray with another ghostly tale for you. A friend of mine once, we were having a chat and he said, you know the field opposite the chip shop? And I said, yeah, I know by the woods. Yeah, I know. It's always haunted over there. And I said, oh, OK, right. I said, well, what do you mean? How do you know that? Old oh, people have seen ghosts, he said. You're into that, aren't you? And I, well, I wasn't into ghosts as such. I mean, I'd had some experiences that I probably shouldn't have told him about. So uh, I said, well, yeah, yeah well, what are these ghosts? What do you mean? Who's told you this? And he said, oh, there's a bit of a rumour going about the field. He said, you know the chip shop, opposite the chip shop? I said, yeah, I know what you mean. He said, you know, the, the, you've got the woods and then on the left there's the field, the farm. And he described this place. I said, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. There's an old horse trough there just by this sort of field thing. And he said, people have seen ghosts there. You ought to have a look. Some weeks later, someone gave me a camera. Was it Nikon or Pentax? What was that reflex? Oh, I forget what it was called. I wasn't into photography, but this friend of mine was. And he bought a new camera and he gave me the old one. So I, you know, I bought a roll of film for it. Do you remember rolls of film? Like, oh dear, happy days. So I put this roll of film in the camera and I went over to the woods to see if I could get any wildlife. Uh, you know, birds and rabbits, whatever, anything I could see, squirrels or whatever. And I, I did, t I used up a whole roll of film and I had another roll and I thought I'll, I'll take some more pictures because in those days you had to take the roll of film to the chemist, what's now called the pharmacy, isn't it, or whatever, you had to take the film in, wait a week, go back and collect your photos, collect the prints. Unlike today, you take a photo, oh, I don't like that one, take another one, oh yeah, that one's all right, it's instant. I had to wait a week. On the way back from the woods, I got, I got a fox actually and one or two other interesting things. And I passed this bit of the field where the horse trough, you know, the drinking thing was for the horses. And I thought I'd take a couple of photos of that just so I could say to him, is this where you mean? Because I can't see anything. I stood there for a little while, trying to sense, I don't know what I tried to do, you know, not, is there anybody there? It wasn't like that. I'm just trying to open my mind and relax. And I felt nothing, absolutely nothing at all. I just had, a, I think I had about five photos left on the, the second roll of film. So I just snap, snap, snap around this bit of field basically to use up the roll of film so I could take it in to, to get it developed. A week later, I went to collect the photographs. They were good, really nice camera actually, excellent quality photographs. The five that I had of the field, I looked at, there appeared, especially in one of them, there appeared to be images of people. How can I describe it? 
transparent, translucent figures. Definitely three, if not four. There were two younger, looked like children, a man behind them, and it looked like a, a fourth figure that I couldn't quite make out. I, it might have got that wrong. The other four photos had sort of blurry figures, and my immediate thought was, has the camera let light in? Is there is this a reflection of something? But it wasn't. I mean, I, I was in the open countryside. There was nothing there. So I didn't show this chap. I didn't tell him that. I didn't tell anyone because they would have said, oh, that's good. That's a good trick. That looks really effective. How did you fake that? I thought, I'm, I'm not going down that route. But what I did do, I showed this girlfriend of mine. I hadn't seen her. She'd been working. Uh, she worked in a hospital and she was doing night shift. I hadn't seen her for a couple of weeks. And I showed her the, the photos. I said, look, pictures of ghosts. And you know, she laughed. And she said, well, how did you do that? And I said, that's exactly the reason I haven't shown anyone. And she said, no, 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 I, I believe you. I, 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 at first she did. She thought it was some kind of fake that I've managed to do. Because uh, funnily enough, we've been talking about fake flying saucer photos some month or two before. You know, someone will fling a hubcap from a car in the air, take a photo and, oh, look, there's a flying saucer. It's, it's all silly. But she said, that's, that's really interesting. Sorry about the bangs in the background. You can hear that. It's November the 5th. It's firework night, bonfire night. Anyway, that's all beside the point. She said, let's go and take more photos, which we did. We took a load more photos. I, I was spending a fortune on rolls of film. It wasn't cheap, but with a developing process as well. I spent, I don't know how much, but I bought a load more film taking photos all over this field, absolutely nothing. Wait a week, go to the chemist, get the films, absolutely nothing, nothing at all. Lynn, I should have mentioned her name before, Lynn was looking at all the photos. She spread them all out on the table and she's studying them all. She got the five with the so-called ghosts, where you could see those clearly, and then all the other photos of the field, absolutely nothing. And I was getting bored. I was like, oh, come on, let's go down the pub. Oh, no, no, look at the photos. And she said, after about 20 minutes, she said, there's a difference between the photos. And I said, well, what do you mean there's a difference? I took photos of the field. And she said, look at them. I looked at the five where you could see the images, looked at the others where just an empty field. And I said, I can't see. What do you mean? And she said, was it raining? on that first time you got the photos with the the images in. And I said, actually, it was fine drizzle. I said, why? What's that got to do with it? And she said, don't, don't you know, just um, an idea I'm throwing about, don't laugh. Do you think possibly the rain somehow made them show up, illuminated them somehow, somehow made them visible? And I said, well, I remember saying, I'm not laughing at you at all. I said, you this is the first... <laughs> clue as to possibly why we got images in in those and not in any of the others and she said well it was raining she, oh yeah she laughed she said what are you doing out in the rain with your camera i said well it was the first time i got the camera i wanted to take some photos it was only drizzle and i went out in the rain <laughs> so anyway we decided to take more photos the next time it rained 
Now this was the summer and can you believe it? When you want it to rain, it doesn't. When you don't want it to rain, it does. We waited six weeks. It didn't rain for six weeks. I couldn't believe it. Every day, this is the forecast. Oh, no rain, no, no drought, all this business. Don't use hose pipes, there's no rain. Oh, goodness me. Then it rained. It rained. And we went to the field, got the camera. I, I'd already bought half a dozen rolls of film. Again, spending a fortune. We got to the field, it's raining. Not monsooning or anything, just that fine, wetting, that wet rain, as a friend of mine calls it, still does, wet rain, she says. So I took a load of photos, about six rolls of film. How many photos are on a roll? About 12, were there? I can't remember. Loads of photos of the field. Took all the rolls of film into the chemist, and by this stage, the woman there was saying, you're doing well with your photography, and I passed her six rolls of film. And we had to wait a week. Now then, would you believe it? On almost every photo, there were images. Some were a squeaky chair. Some were really clear. Others were, you look at it, you think, is that? Yeah, I can just about see it. So they were varying, but just about every photo on six rolls of film, we had the images. Of course, she was saying, that's it. It's the rain. The ghosts are only there in the rain and I said well I don't know are they only there in the rain I don't know why they only come out in the rain or are they there all the time and somehow the rain is making them visible I don't know it was we didn't know what to think but what we did know was that there were ghosts in that field now she unbeknown to me she had a friend at the council and she rang me one day and she said guess what so I said, I don't know. Don't you hate it when people say, guess what? I mean, guess what? I said, I don't know. Go on, get, you tell me. She said, there was a house in that field. So I said, oh, right, yeah. I said, well, it's farmland. You know, there are probably all sorts of old buildings there once. And she read, was it 60 or 70 years ago, I think she said, this friend at the council had looked into it. And there'd been a house there exactly where we'd taken the photos. And she reckoned the horse trough, which was an old concrete thing not the the later metal ones and it was not used it was just a derelict horse trough she reckoned that was outside the house so we went and had a look it wasn't raining we had a look and you could just about see the outline of the foundations of possibly where the house would have stood or if there was a house there she seemed to think this friend of hers had looked into it and there was definitely a house so we realised from that the people we were seeing were standing in the house or would have been had the house still been there standing in the house which was rather odd horse trough outside the foundations of the house that must have been a, a farmhouse or I don't know a, a building that's rented out to a tenant or, or whatever I don't know the next time it rained we went along to the field I didn't take the camera because I thought there's no point. I've, I've got so many photos, so many rolls of film I bought and developed. And, oh, there are photos everywhere of these spirit people. So the next time we went, we just were looking and we were wondering why we couldn't see these people. You know, it was the fine drizzly rain. Why can't we see the people with our eyes? How come only the camera could see them? It's all rather strange. And then she said... Lynn said to me, what's that? 
And I'm, what? I'm thinking, what? What have you seen? She said, oh, listen, what's that? And I said, well, I, can't, I don't know what you're talking about. Hissing noise. And I said, oh, that's the, the pylon. There was an electricity pylon just by the field, out just out of all my camera shots. This big electricity pylon, high voltage lines. And I said, uh, what that is, that's the insulators when they're wet. Uh, the high voltage leaks across them and it hisses. And I said, I mentioned corona discharge, you know, that you might see at night when it's dark. And she looked at me and she, she was a clever girl, actually. She was, she was a very clever girl. And she said, so that could be coupled with the rain and the ghost. I said, well, it's certainly coupled to the rain because when the insulators get wet, they hiss. And I said, you get the corona discharge. And she said, what, what's this corona stuff? <laughs> I remember the way she put it. What's this corona stuff? And I said, well, you can see there's a, a, like a glow, a purple or blue glow around the lines, the insulators, because of the extremely high voltage. And she said, do you think there's some kind of radiation from this corona thing that's lighting up the ghosts? And I thought for a minute, I thought, that's, that's an idea, isn't it? That kind of would make sense. I don't know whether it was ultraviolet, it was giving off, or x-rays. I mean, they, you, you know, high voltages can give off x-rays. Was there some light being emitted from the hissing insulators that was somehow illuminating, I don't know, and making the ghosts visible? It, it seemed like a, a reasonable assumption. Well, reasonable assumption. We couldn't think of anything else, but it did fit in with the rain. Being the clever girl that she was, she then said, OK, <clears throat> in the camera, is it the film or the lens that is showing the people? And I immediately said, well, it's the film, isn't it? The, the film can somehow show that it's been developed on the film. Why would it be the lens? And she said, no, hang on a minute. She said, do you think it is, just forget the film, what if it's just the lens? So I said, well, I, I'm not quite, I wasn't quite following her. She said, have you got any binoculars? Uh, I said, yeah, yes. She said, right, let's get the binoculars. I said, all right, you stay here. She said, I'm not staying here. <laughs> I only lived up the road. She said, uh, we'll both go. We went back to my place, got my binoculars, went back to the field. Pylons, insulators are hissing away, very fine. You know, that wet rain. <laughs> and I've got the binoculars and I'm looking at the field. And I could see four people, as I said before, like translucent, transparent-ish. Uh, definitely two children and a, and a man and a woman. And I could see, I passed the binoculars to her. I said, look, am I seeing things? And she looked and she's, good God, she's, I can see the people. I can see them. So it was the camera lens that was somehow, I don't know. So I then, I looked up at the, my turn again, I'm looking at the people, I looked up at the the insulators. You can see the corona discharge all around the, the hissing insulators. Fantastic. I've always loved high voltage electricity. Well, not to get near it, obviously. I'm looking back down again and I can see the people. So I said to, right, I said, you watch me. She got the binoculars. I said, I'm going to go forward, see what they do. So she's watching and I went into the field. She said, go a bit more, a bit more. Yep. Yeah, yeah. She said, just turn left, go a bit left and you'll be facing one of the, the older people. So I did that. And she said, hold, hold your hand out. So I put my hand. And she said, it's the man. He's holding his hand out. He's touching your hand. 
because I couldn't see a thing. So I, she said, can you feel anything? And I said, well, I don't think so, no. I, in imagination, you think, oh, is that tingling or is that cold? I, I'm sure I couldn't feel anything. So I went back and got the binoculars from her and I'm walking towards this chap with the binoculars and I could see him and I put my hand out and he did and we're kind of shaking hands with each other. I'm sitting through the binoculars. I couldn't really, I could see it was a man's face, but I couldn't, no features or anything like that really. It was eerie to say the least. There's a pile and insulators hissing just above and beside the field. It was just absolutely weird. And then Lynn came across and she did the same with the lady. She had the binoculars and shook hands with the lady. Absolutely amazing. With the binoculars, by the way, I must just add that I, I did try focusing. That didn't make any difference. The, 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 the chap was just there. What I saw, the chap was just there in front of me. The fact that the, the binoculars weren't focused didn't seem to make any difference. So not, I have no idea how it all worked, what was going on, what was being emitted from the hissing insulators. I don't know what was going on. A few days later, Lynn came round. We were going to go out for a meal. She came round and she said, my friend from the council has got back to me with more information. The house, 60 or 70 years ago, the house burnt down and the family of four perished in the fire. And I said, well, that's the family of four. She said, exactly, that's it. The house burnt down. They cleared the rubble, cleared the site, and I don't know why they left the horse trough there. The pylon was a later addition, presumably. She didn't say that, but presumably that was a later addition. And you could, as I said, you could just about see the outline of where the foundations were or, or still were under the ground. So the incredible thing was that we were seeing the people that were, would have been in the house that had burnt down. They perished. I went along to our local spiritualist church I've mentioned this before, I knew one or two people there. And I told the whole story to this lady, this psychic lady. I showed her the photos and she went along to the field. And she, next time I saw her, she said, I've sent them on their way, as she put it. Sent them on their way, they're all right now. So I went along to the field with Lynn the next time it was raining, binoculars, camera, hissing, electricity, nothing, absolutely nothing. The people had gone. About a year after that, I put the photos up in the attic, up in the loft. I, you know, I just wanted them somewhere safe. I got them down. Lynn and I were, were still together. We were talking about it. And I said, let's look through the photos. I got them down from the loft. Dozens and dozens of photos of this field. All the images had gone. They'd faded away. The field was there. All the images had faded away as if they'd never been there. Now, we looked at each other, we didn't dream this, did we? No, of course we didn't. It was really that happened. But all we had was photos of the field. All the images of the people had disappeared. What a shame, because I would love to, I was going to keep the photos. I'd said to her, I'm going to keep these for life. You know, these are fantastic. But the images faded away. Whenever I'm out and about, if it's raining, I'm out and about in the car. If I see a pylon, I know one or two locally. I sometimes go and stand at the bottom of the pylon and I listen, I look up and listen and you can hear that hissing 
that corona discharge, the insulators leaking, the extremely high voltage electricity. And I look round, I always look round. I take binoculars with me as well. I don't always remember that, but sometimes I look round with the binoculars. Nothing, I've never seen anything since. But I'm still attracted to that fantastic hissing noise of the high voltage electricity. Well, there we are. I don't know whether you're still with me or not, but uh, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. If you are still with me, thanks for enduring that. And I, I do apologise again about this uh, unable to talk business. Raise rants at protonmail.com. Email me. And uh, I do answer all emails, although some of them take a while because I get quite a few these days. Take care. I shall update you about everything on Wednesday. So you've got that. <laughs> You've got that to look forward to. This is hurting. Now I must go. Look after yourselves. Bye-bye for now.